Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all. From the floor to key to DP, just ride. You're right. How you doing? Good, Jason. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. How's the weekend going? I'm a little sore. I went to uh, I went to a pool party yesterday, and uh, okay. Actually, uh, I was hosted by some friends of the show. It was very nice of them, and um, okay. It's different now with kids. I don't know if you've been with a pool party, been to a pool party with with kids or not, but it's um, not a- pool party. Which is condo parties where there was a pool nearby, but not sure. really. It's like different now, and. Um, you know, you have to, I brought my daughter with me and, you know, I got to be mindful of her and there's other kids, but, you know, I like to muck around with them, but, um, um, I didn't know there was rules at a pool party either. Like, I didn't know that people enter a pool party and go into the actual pool and like, you know, you can't splash around cause people's hair might get ruined. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought I was at a pool party and not a pool gathering. So I didn't know. I don't know if that's been your experience attending these oh. things. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Um, if, I don't know if Prime Jason would have been <laughs> like, you know, reckless at these parties because I, I certainly would have, would not have been. But yeah, I kind of had to mind my p's and q's. I didn't know that like, you know, there was people with uh, done up hair and stuff, and it was more more of a social event rather than just <laughs> jumping in the pool and and. Uh, That's a, gr- yeah, I. Uh, it's not something like like I've ever talked about but like i guess when i was living in downtown toronto like it was uh in the summer of events like there would be just different white parties and stuff we go to and then you know like some people are dressed to go into the pool and you see some people clearly are not like even mm-hmm. when they're sort of wearing something you think that might mean that they're going in the water but really there's a dress that way for the photos yeah so like um so if oh, you do you oh, kind of you've, you've actually been out of canada for a while are you aware of uh cabana pool party in Toronto, uh, where the where the old well, docks is. So like, yeah, like I am because other friends would have gone, but like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like leaving the core, like where I was living there, Jarvis Island. But anyway, keep going. It's it's exactly the pretentious people you would think. Of. <laughs> they, they 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 put on makeup. They wear yeah. men and women will wear you know fake tans and sexy bikinis okay. and you know whatever, and they just they just go there to walk around. Uh, near okay. a pool and like there's no <laughs> pool party going on no one's doing cannonballs no one's getting on people's shoulders and mud wrestling or whatever it's yeah so i think that's that's kind of where the parties are going now so i don't know maybe that's i've funny. been out of the game for so long yeah <laughs> well i'll say i haven't gone to like a few of those just different summer parties or club openings there like some of them are nice people so it's all good it's uh just like yeah so some people don't get like getting splashed and all that so you just uh Sure, be mindful, I guess. Sure. That's funny. I, uh, yeah, how was your um, weekend? It was, uh, pretty low key. I thought that things were going to head in a direction where I could start thinking of booking a hair, like a barbershop appointment. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, I think they were open for about a day before uh, the governor decided that it was time to just, just clamp it back down. So, oh, wow. like, so if you're like in that business, like in the barbershops, then, um, little rough because you know you've been out you, you basically have not been able to run your business for a few months and you think you're about to get going again um 
and then okay one after one day they just pull the rug out so Damn. understandable like it's it's like i think it's a smart move i think i i think it more i think more of that needs to happen just given where the rates are going but still obviously a bit uh frustrating for different people involved mm -hmm. whether you're someone who's looking for haircut or if you are someone who runs one of those shops um yeah so but other than that doing all right uh started diving into this um this roman history podcast and like i never studied any of it so it's just Jesus. like uh <laughs> Just thought it would be something to just change it up. It's only like ten minute episodes, so here and there, it's like it's it's been not a huge investment of time. Like where okay. I just have ten minutes to spare, just like oh, okay, this guy's talking about something from from whatever five hundred BC or actually, to be honest, I might have made that year up. I didn't I didn't study it at all in school. I'm not sure if you did back at OT, but um, but I never not, did. Not, not anything. Yeah, not anything that I would remember. I would okay. love for there to be. And I know there's such thing as a history channel. There's tons of podcasts, but I really want just history from like zero to present, just on okay. everything. Yeah, uh, all the, all the empires. Like I I don't know, I don't know if Napoleon came before or after like Genghis Khan. Like that's how stupid I am. I'm aware of these people. <laughs> Obviously, I know Napoleon probably came centuries later. But you get what I'm saying? Like these overlapping. To me, they're all over overlapping um, eras. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we're, we're Canadian, we're a relatively new country, <laughs> we, we learn about the first two world wars, and, you know, the Canadian Confederacy, and then it's, it's up to us to, to kind of, um, you know, study that stuff on our own. But I really wish there was like a zero to present, just dumb it down, 12 part series. Um, and it's kind of all you need to know, just just high, very, it's, very high level. There was, um, there was this webpage I'll send it to you later. It's talking about different events in history and how like it skews our sense of time. Like we think different events might have been like around the same time, but they might have actually been like hundreds of years apart. Yeah, that's you know, or like mm -hmm. we think that they're thousands of years apart, but they actually were happening at pretty much the same time. So yeah. it's a bit strange. Um, okay, I'll send that cool. to you later. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so um, this was an episode like a topic that. Uh, I know we've been looking forward to it. My mm -hmm. wife had brought it up like, hey, we got to do it. This came up during the Raptors uh, 20 great, greatest uh, 25 pod. And oh, okay. um, it was about the influence of Drake, uh, you know, with the Raptors, because um, it's become such a prominent figure over the past few years. Um, and at the time, and I, I don't know if it's just, just playing to the crowd, but it was like, I didn't know if we were agreement or not about how influential he was, how important he was, how positive or maybe even negative he was for the Raptors in the NBA. So that would be kind of interesting to just sort of do a bit of a retrospective, look at his sure. involvement. All right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to start off um, just rattling off like a few of his accomplishments outside of the game, outside of basketball, just like for, I know he's like a global icon, but most people might've come to know him just at different points of his career. Like if for people in uh, Singapore or outside of North America, they would have learned about him pretty much as at like his apex, not even seeing his rise like we would have in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, so like real name, Aubrey Graham, you know, he's from Forest Hill Collegiate. I, I wasn't quite familiar. He kind of went to a couple of different high schools in Toronto at the time. Uh, father's from America. So he's a dual citizen of Canada and the US. Um, he, in his entertainment, career he started in high school acting for uh degrassi the next generation so it's like just a teen drama for anybody who's not familiar with it and then 
He started OVO Sound, which is his own label. Uh, OVO is October's very own. Began releasing mixtapes. That's how he kind of started getting recognized in music. And by the way, I think you're definitely much more music head than me. So like, just feel free to jump in and correct me on anything or add on any detail if you think I'm skipping anything. Um, where I even came to learn about him first was just like on the radio. It was his single, the best I ever had in 2009. And then from mm -hmm. there, it just he just basically um, is on a rocket ship up um, as he, at that time I wasn't, I was living in Toronto, so I really wasn't aware of how prominent he was becoming outside of the country. But, uh, but uh, yeah, we'd later come to realize he was. In 2010, he started OVO Fest. So that's running a caravan a weekend in Toronto. Um, so they've just gotten all the reputable acts like Jay-Z, Eminem, like any, anybody showing up in Toronto um, that weekend for his festival. Um, famously that one year, I think he had Kevin Durant show up and he was trying to like, I think he even got charged with a tampering charge, uh, trying to recruit yes. Kevin Durant. Yeah, he yeah, did. At yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> at the fest because he was on the payroll at that time so you can't do that yeah um in 2016 uh and then maybe it's or staggering around this time period but roughly around that time period is when he's almost becoming like this mogul like okay so that's just definitely a few years into his run as the global ambassador which will this is that's what we'll really dive into but he did things like he was co-developing whiskey brand virginia black which i'd never heard of apparently it broke some sales records in canada um, he had already been doing endorsements with Sprite, but then he was also getting in, um, involved with Burger King and Whataburger, which I have not heard of. He signed an exclusivity deal with Apple Music. Oh, well, he launched. Sir, sir, I, I don't Sorry? mean to cut you off. I don't mean to yeah. cut you off. But, but no, no, cut me if, off. If, if you are ever in Texas, please go to Whataburger. That's a free plug right there. Okay. Okay. Fantastic I, uh, join. Go on. That's cool. It's uh, it's on my. I, I do want to visit Texas because I, I don't know. I got some friends out there, and I heard mm -hmm. it's nice. And we have an office, so I'm sure at some point I'll end up getting sent for business or something. Um, that's cool. Okay, I'm gonna make a note of that. Um, so yeah, he signed an exclusivity deal with Apple Music, further enriching him. He launched uh, Dream Crew, which is a production company. Uh, you ever you've seen the Carter Effect on Netflix, right? Yes, I have. Yeah. So that was one of the uh, that was one of their productions that they kind of. Uh, worked with um, LeBron's uninterrupted uh, platform mm -hmm. to produce that film. And uh, they also uh, put out, I have not seen these shows, but it was, uh, one of them was Euphoria, which is on HBO. I've, I heard a lot about it. I heard different people talk about it, but I haven't seen it. So that was one of their babies. Um, his estimated net worth is about $150 million. In his musical career, he's won, uh, like nominated, way too many times and I couldn't even really recall, but I saw that he won awards in the American Music Awards, the Grammys, MTV VMAs. Uh, there was even like one brand consultant who did a study that as, as estimated that his fame, his prominence might've contributed about 5% to Toronto, Toronto's GDP, which I mean, you can debate it 5%? or not. 5%? Yeah. So it's certainly something okay. that you can dispute. And and, and I've yeah. seen different articles where it was being disputed, but um but uh but I'll, i want to ask you that question in one actually yeah, i'll ask it now the thing about it is is um is he the most yeah because we'll get into the basketball in a second but in terms of canadian celebrities and public figures is he the most recognizable is he the most recognized and the most famous first say contemporary like today and then you, and then after that answer it like all time like i'm just trying to think who of yeah. canada Yes, yeah, yes, right now and no, because um, okay. 
I mean, I, people have no idea how big Neil Young is. That guy is American Neil? music royal. Neil Young, yeah, American music royalty. Yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. But what I mean of, is, but like, no, right now he is. Yeah, of course he is. Okay. Yeah, he's the biggest. But yeah, he's the biggest and best. Yeah, all time. And I know maybe this is a little bit of uh, unfair to Neil Young, but if I'm if like where I lived in Singapore, like. Um, any stretch of bars and like just by my condo, I could hear Drake's music playing and everybody knows who Drake is. And, like some of my wife's friends, like because I was from Toronto, like the nickname they had for me was like just, they just, they didn't know my name. So they just call me Drake. Oh, and, that's like, terrible. <laughs> that should be a racial so, slur, man. That's ridiculous. Like, I, I, that's terrible. That's so terrible. Like, <laughs> uh, no, no, because there's a, there's a lady you may have heard of, you may have heard of her. Uh, she's French Canadian. Her name is uh, Celine Dion. All right, and that's that's a stratosphere that he's never gonna get. Um, like that's a you know, good point. That's, uh, that's that's a blood oath right there on my children. He'll never be Celine Dion. Celine Dion, like until he gets like, um, like Cirque du Soleil people wanting to produce his shows, then come yeah. talk to me. But no, he's. She did. I'll get to, I'll get to more in him in a second. But yeah, no. Yeah. So he's he's massive. Like I'm not okay. Saying you're not Celine Dion is not an insult, but also saying that he's the biggest of all time is also, you know, well, okay. it's 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 premature, and okay. and there's okay. also another there's another level of fandom that yeah. he probably can't get to uh, just okay. because of the way the music industry is now. Like you can't, there's no such thing as diamond certified uh, recording artists anymore, and that actually, um, if if you if you know the music business, that actually hurts these current guys who rely on streams mm. and downloads and all that so um that's actually maybe why he it might hinder him that he will will not okay. get to a celine dion level but no she's she's the flag bearer man i mean she's i mean she's on un, she's unstoppable I, I might have to agree with you i think it's one of those things where after the pod i'll like think about it and i'll mull it over because you know what she had the lead song of the biggest movie of all time um well yeah like titanic i mean so yeah. yeah like how do you get bigger than that um yeah drake's yeah. not gonna have that and no drake is i don't know he's more of like the mark he's a bit more like a mark Wahlberg, who he's always gonna i mean <laughs> no he's bigger than mark Wahlberg because he's definitely more culturally relevant than mark Wahlberg ever uh, has ever been yeah, but i mean but like he i guess what i mean is he's a bit more of a mogul at this point like yeah i wouldn't be surprised if within five years you just know him as doing like all these other ventures and not even the music um well, well yeah see. we'll get into his music in a yeah. bit and, and i okay. do agree i do agree um, actually actually i think in 10 years you don't hear him on the radio actually but uh okay anyways go on mm -hmm. um one little anecdote it's it's uh it's funny like when my wife i brought her to canada uh her first trip to canada at the time this was back in 2018 so scorpion had just dropped or was about to drop so flow mm -hmm. 93.5 all it was doing was just playing scorp or just playing drake every song that that's yeah. that was the gimmick that was the gimmick yeah. that weekend or whatever yeah. and now my wife now we, we like we didn't or at least maybe more her was not fully aware that the reason they were doing it was because of of uh scorpion mm -hmm. but she was just like her impression was like why is toronto playing drake all the time what's going on here <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, well it's, it's funny because my buddy my, my best friend um who has actually b both my best friends they're related they, they have family in new york and it's one thing when like like 
um, like Brian Adams is big in Canada, right? And so is, you know, like Shaw Claire was big at the time when he was yeah. coming out. But to make it on the urban music scene in New York, like when my friend, yeah, yeah when my friends Ryan and Anil would come back from, from New York and they're saying like, oh my God, like you do this, all they're playing in New York. And we're talking okay. like Jamaica, Queens, downtown. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're playing on, you know, power one Oh three, five and, 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 um, and, uh, and all these big, big radio stations. Like so hot, I knew yeah. that you see, yeah. And hot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's when I knew Drake was okay. This guy's not just a local star anymore. He's not just, um, oversaturating in Canada. He's clearly made it to the next level. Um, and he's dominating the music charts. Um, and, and actually, I just want to add to the all the because um, I, I watched the uh, BET Hip Hop Awards because they always have an interesting okay. segment segment called uh, the Ciphers, and okay. Drake is constantly nominated at the, <laughs> yeah. BET, at the BET Hip Hop Awards, okay. and he's never yeah. shown up. I mean, this guy is oh. too this guy is oh. too big for you know. Oh, he's no. too big. He's too, well. I don't think he does it. I don't think he does it out of out of like I'm too good for you guys because a lot of rappers don't go to that. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It's kind of yeah. It's it's I can I can explain to you the the BT hip hop concept uh, some other time. But it, he's he's not trying to uh, he's not shunning them. He's not he's not too cool for them or anything. But it is yeah, interesting okay. that you know he's just nominated year after year after year and he wins a lot of awards. And uh, Drake couldn't be here this evening. And I think he's done the. <laughs> I think he's done the courtesy at least a few times of at least sending a video message. So, okay, anyways, digress. Yeah, I mean, well, he's a busy man. Like he couldn't even sure. be there for the Raptor first. Uh, what was that? That game? I can't remember which game seven that was. Uh, which one of the playoffs? But I remember it was right. like game seven heading into the conference finals. I think that was what it was. I remember Jeff mm -hmm. Van Gundy was asking like, "Hey, where is he? Where is he?" And they're like, "Well, he had right. Saturday Night Live." So I mean. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. well, and then and then Van Gundy had his little quip there. He's like, "Are we at the point now where even fans need to rest?" Since uh, Van wow. Gundy, a notorious uh, anti-load management type guy. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of uh, Drake's involvement with the Raptors, um, so began. Okay, I know. Uh, just to recap it a little bit, April 2013, Tim Laiwiki becomes CEO of MLSE. He brings on Masai Ujiri shortly thereafter. I mean, I actually think that. Tim Laiwiki, like it happened such rapid succession that my guess is Tim only accepted that position if he knew that he was like, gonna secure Masai. Like, you know oh, what I mean? Okay. So he could look like a winner. That's just my theory. Cause like, sure. it happened so quickly. Like I can't imagine how you just take this position and within like, within just a couple months, you you pulled away the general manager of the Denver Nuggets. Like right. first you need permission to talk to him. And then the guy has to want to come. Like, I just, it just seems like one of those things where it's like, you know those backroom dealings like in politics um mm -hmm. anyway so then he's like got messiah and then a few months later drake uh he's there in september um with messiah with tim and like they're announcing all-star games coming to toronto and, in 2016 this is a, and, sorry and the, uh, and the late rob ford they were next yes to each other. that is correct when i was yeah. living overseas I, you talk about guys who put toronto on the map it's, it's all coming together at the same time like rob ford got mentioned to me a lot um yeah yeah brought up a lot it just i yeah. had a friend who was uh completely obsessed with them um <laughs> it's okay we're just we'll keep it we'll like i think that's enough rob ford um the uh so drake apparently his role came about it was just like an impromptu conversation with tim laiwiki um 
and like just had some ideas and like, oh, okay. And then it started from there. So he was hired as a global ambassador. So he was on, he's been on the Raptors payroll ever since. And that you're essentially like a branding consultant, basically like helping with what, what you've heard me complain about what the Raptors were through the, you know, the Colangelo era and how mm -hmm. I just thought the branding was weird. It went in a weird direction. So, um, I, I've just been a big fan of where they went with this. So then Drake was, I mean, yeah, he, okay. He was certainly influential and I'm not saying that he is solely responsible for every decision. Like, I mean, it's a whole operation. There are outside consultants, there are people in charge, but he's, you know, he's, he's had his fingerprints on this stuff. So like the, we, the North campaign, which was started by some other consultancy, but like, um, he was involved with that. That's they were going to launch that like a year or two later, like in 2015, 2016, which I guess that all-star game was meant to be like this coming out period for Toronto, except that Toronto just started winning uh, pretty soon thereafter. So they pulled that in. Um, and ever, and actually since Drake has uh, come aboard, the Raptors have never uh, missed the playoffs. So, <laughs> so we haven't seen a, a losing Raptors team yet under the Drake's uh, run. Uh, then most recently they opened up the, um, the, the OBO Athletic Center uh, for the Raptors 905 G League team, uh, like uh, in Mississauga. So he's got his fingerprints there. And there's different Raptors merchandise and alternate jerseys that are kind of, uh, that are OVO branded with Drake's kind of blessing and with his consultation that I think look pretty good. And they seem to have been pretty popular throughout the league. So um, yeah, any anything you want to add so far in kind of his his rise um, or any, yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, it was perfect storm, right? The apex yeah. of his popularity, the Raptors getting good, serious, yeah. serious management, serious ownership. Um, you know, Messiah's no nonsense. I, I find it funny how you worded it like, Oh, Tim Lywicki and uh, Drake just had an impromptu match <laughs> or an impromptu meeting. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Drake was, heavily planned it's like oh hey tim did i catch you at a bad time by the way I'm <laughs> i mean the, the that's a good point yeah yeah it's, you can't just it's happen a to run into <laughs> it's, it's 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 a marriage i mean i think the fact that we're seeing ovo everywhere and yeah. it's, it's the dollars and cents add up for for both sides and yeah that to me and i'm, I'm okay with that so um i too <laughs> was excited about this podcast because um you know, two of my biggest passions are basketball and hip hop. And if okay. somehow wrestling paid, if somehow wrestling played a part in this podcast, I don't think my loins could handle it. I'd be like the 40 year old virgin on his wedding night. So two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> love hip hop, love basketball. This is a fun um, discussion. And yeah, man, I mean, they were just in concert with each other. And I don't think anyone at the core should have an issue with that. Um, sure. We can we can we can dive into the areas where I certainly have problems with the marriage. And, okay, but you know, as of right now, Drake and OVO going forward with the Toronto Raptors, it's fine by me because okay. um, these things are easy to ignore in terms of a viewing experience. If you just want your NBA basketball, yeah, you might have to put up with a little more of this guy than you want to, but it's okay. The Raptors, at the end of the day, are an entertaining basketball product, and He's not jipping you in that way. Like he's not playing in the games, although he probably wishes he would. <laughs> um, he's that he's that egocentric, but uh, he's not. <laughs> and as of right now, it's he's kind of like this sideline cheerleader branding guy. And 
you're getting amazing Raptors basketball. As a Raptors fan, yeah, you can have a gripe um, about this guy, but you should really have no issues with the um, with the on-court product. So, like, the uh, some of the incidents, I was trying to just recall imagery I have uh, with Drake on the team or on the court, just because um, uh, when we think of, say, Spike Lee as a Knicks fan, we think about him uh, making the choke sign to Reggie or, like, um, when he got into, or maybe Pippen getting to Spike's face, like some of those memories for us, Drake. Mm-hmm. I mean, just recall, just refreshing some people's memories. There was him with the lint roller. I remember that kind of going up online a bit where he just had a lint roller on his jeans. Like when he's singing out of the court, uh, he, there was just this under compilation clip where I saw him, he was just trash talking all these guys trying to inbound the ball. There was a couple instances where it actually, I don't know if you can really credit it to Drake, but if you have someone talking into your ear and you get called for a five-second violation, that just sort of adds to the uh, to the drama. There was, uh, it, I think it did coincide briefly. Now, I don't know if it fully coincided, but when he was trying to get into the Miami Heat locker room and he was getting blocked, I think that was trending. That so was he's, ridiculous. <laughs> so he's just definitely this character. Um, he is not, he like you even if you hear me and you talk about it it's there's this positive and there's negative it's this hot and cold this love-hate relationship with drake because on one hand you're he's charismatic and you're drawn to him and on the other hand he's he's also just a meme machine like you can already see something he's doing and you know it's going to blow up on twitter just and he knows that's happening and he's playing into it a bit so yeah he's like he's He's bad pro wrestling, but he also has the wherewithal to know that he will trend. Like case in point, the the chips with the dip. I mean, talk about, I mean, what is he, James Baldwin, Robert Frost? That's the stupidest (laughs) sentence I've ever heard in my life. By the way, for all the hip-hop heads keeping score, yes, that was a Keith Murray line that he stole, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) Chips with a dip, people lose their mind, it's trending, and then everyone's for the parade having chips with a dip. So, I mean, you're only... Yeah, you're going to trend when you have, you know, what does he have? 70 million Instagram followers. Probably 90% of them are just, you know, um, Darwin sheep that are just going to really eat him up. And, but you're right. It does, he is charismatic. He's, he's, he's young. He's cool. He's the cool guy right now. Um, where I take issue is when people <laughs> do try and apologize for him when they say, oh, you know, well, Spike Lee did this. Well, I actually never saw Spike Lee inject himself into a storyline. It was Spike Lee being a part of the storyline because it was Reggie, it was Michael, it was Scotty who would involve him. I never saw I never saw Spike Lee picking fights with Kendrick Perkins. I never saw <laughs> I never saw Spike Lee, you know, really talking like a lot of expletives towards John Wall because let's face it, John Wall doesn't have the Q score of uh, of a Drake and. You know, he's done a lot of things that um, Spike Lee, um, you know, and we're going to get into Spike Lee in terms of cultural longevity. But yeah, I mean, for those keeping score, Spike Lee, I mean, he's the guy that did uh, do the right thing and and Malcolm X and, you know, Drake's the guy that, you know, I'm I'm more than just a number. Like yeah. Ricky Lake, do you love me? Are we riding? I mean, this like what are we talking about here? Right, one guy, he, um... is, <laughs> one guy is culturally relevant, um, um, if you know, philosophically speaking, and 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 for uh, and, and studied in film school, and 
and whatnot. And one is, you know, he's, he's yeah. relevant contemporary, Let's, right? We, uh, I do have a point on that. We can pick that up again uh, a bit sure. later on because we're going to, there is going to be an area where I know we're definitely going to dive into that. Uh, just a few other memories of Drake. I think it, almost like it was a combination of everything of Drake's involvement had been building up to, which was the 2019 finals last year where he had a national audience captivated because, you know, mm -hmm. it was only two teams left and it was yep. nationally televised games back to back, back to back, well, six games straight. And there was, you know, game one, he's wearing the Del Curry, jer Del Curry jersey while he has mm -hmm. to cover up the tattoos of Stephen Katie's numbers. Oh. He has <laughs> the Del Curry jersey, I think is great just because I actually think that there are still a lot of modern day fans, even if they've heard it once or twice, they kind of forget that Steph Steph's dad ever played. I mean, because Steph's dad wasn't, he wasn't obviously the household name that Steph Curry is. No. Um, and, and also that, well, Steph grew up in Toronto. Like he pretty much is, yeah. uh, his formative years were in Toronto, which is kind of interesting. Um, and his wife, right? His, she's Canadian. You're right. She is Canadian. Yeah. I don't know if they met in Canada. I think they might have actually met in Canada. Uh, then there was a game. There was that also that scene, which I think is always just going to be remembered, which is the game two post game trash talk between Clay and KD. Like set that back there. It just felt it. It. On one hand, it feels authentic. On the other hand, it almost feels like, oh, they had the camera just right there. Like the cameraman knew this was going to happen. It's a bit like the 90s, like Attitude Era Raw, like where it's happening mm -hmm. in the back. I, it was just, I don't know how much airplay it got, but I just remember on Twitter, he was calling out. There was some Toronto blog that was disparaging KD after his injury. I think it was either dismissing it or um, yeah. just like, just, I don't know how to describe it, but it was kind of insulting. KD had just suffered this, Kevin Durant yeah. had just suffered this potentially career altering injury um we actually still don't know because we haven't seen him play but hopefully you'll get back to normal mm -hmm. um, so i like that uh i thought that was that was like a good move on his part because you know what to be honest just a uh, quick little tangent was that game five when kevin durant got injured and um and we'll in another podcast i think we're going to kind of relive that whole series but do you remember like the reaction of the fans and there was that yes yeah uh, that one particular fan it's it's a video that has shown up on twitter it's that white and white guy at courtside you see him waving bye bye to, mm -hmm. to kevin durant yeah i hated that guy he's probably from oakville that was my take and then <sighs> yeah and then i i, 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 I feelings was about that, but i know what you mean i had explicit feelings about it i was i was sure. rooting for toronto to fail to lose that game actually at that point i especially specifically taken off yeah, they work, and I think some of my colleagues thought, "Why are you taking off work just to watch a basketball game?" Right. So then, uh, I I did that, and I was so disgusted that everyone cheered that I wanted them to lose, not because I wanted to the Raptors players to lose, but just because I wanted to see all those fans yes. sad and depressed, yes. and I wanted to see them leave depressed because I thought they deserved it. So can um, I, I? I just got to say something okay. real quick. I, I had that exact same feeling that you did. Okay. Except when Drake was popping off on Draymond Green and um, and Clay, you know, uh, like you could clearly, and I think Steph at one point too. I forget which player it was, but he clearly called them all bitches at some time. And oh, it's okay. like, okay, 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 Drake, you're you're gonna ruin this for everyone. I I hope these guys come back and just <laughs> shove it. Like we de we deserve no Toronto deserves this because. You know, we put this guy on such a pedestal. I'm talking about Drake here. That if he's the reason why these guys get amped up and you know have this crazy comeback, and uh, and you know somewhere down the line we hear that oh well, you know what, we were actually going to play a certain way, but Drake actually motivated us. Then Toronto absolutely deserved it. So I'm actually with you. There, 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 there's some 
there's some things that um like we all have limits right we all have things that affect us differently and you seeing that toronto fan wave bye bye left a left a sickness in in you and yeah and same thing when i see uh drake just do certain things i'm like yeah we you know what guys we actually don't deserve this anymore sorry so go on <laughs> we do so uh and then that just that last uh little kind of memory about and this kind of speaks to a bit of drake's influence was uh the, the steph curry phone call to congratulate drake two things that kind of stood out for me there is it's like oh wow like so steph classy guy like he just lost this this championship he saw his teammates go down like one after the other which is remarkable mm -hmm. uh but he you know he can still they pay congratulations i think the warriors even actually took out a, a full page ad somewhere in a canadian newspaper to like congratulate the raptors so that was kind of classy okay um, i didn't even know that yeah okay and it's <laughs> also uh it's it shows you the pull and the relationship that Drake has throughout the league. You know, yeah. he, he's basically a peer. He's not just a fan. Oh, we'll get to that later on. Sorry. Well, I'm skipping a bit of head, but so then in summary, like we're, we're sort of dancing around it, but just, do you think Drake has been good for the Raptors? Kind of first question before we really kind of break that down. Uh, I guess, listen, if you're, if you're all about dollars and cents and Q scores and trending and okay. If ESPN has a say, and Sportsnet has a say, and you know merchandise vendors, yeah. I mean, what am I going to say? No. Um, but me <laughs> as a but me as a basketball fan, yeah. He's he's not helped the viewing pleasure of a basketball game. Um, I can do with it's to, to call him an attention seeker is is downplaying it. I mean, he's next level attention whore. I don't know if you can call it. I mean. <laughs> I mean, we, call Le we, we can call LeBron the whore of Akron, but um, but at the very least, um, just this narcissistic need to inject <laughs> himself into story. Okay. You you said you said earlier that is he a peer or is he part of the audience? And the truth is is that he is part of the audience, and I think at times yeah. it kills him, and that's why we have these outbursts where he <laughs> wants to be a peer. In other words. So He's he's yeah. he's uh, he's a list in one. Um, <laughs> he's he's a list in a, one form of media, but you know, sports world is something else. And of course, he's courtside. He feels like he is a part of the game. So that's why I think we get this next level of of Drake, right? He we had just, um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, just because what you're touching on is we had some <clears throat> we did have some comments from a listener that was mm -hmm. touching a bit on what you were saying. Uh, kind of, I don't, it, I don't know if I'm summarizing it, summarizing it correctly. You can you can jump in and tell me if sure. that's correct or not. But it's from H Factor sixty six that essentially it's nice to have Drake. He's good for the Raptors, but mm -hmm. maybe he's getting so much attention that maybe what who should have gotten more attention, what would have been nicer to see would just be more of the fans like who have always supported the Raptors showing. The you know their Banyani jerseys, call their own jerseys, JYD jerseys, like or just yeah. uh, kind of like the the every the everyday fan, um, and but that, that yeah yeah. So where do you what's your what's uh, your thoughts on it? So that's actually Hammett from uh, Kenya. I mean, sorry, Brampton, okay. Ontario, and okay. he's um yeah he's uh um I've known him for um, he's actually one of my wife's friends and uh, okay well now now we're all friends type of thing right so thank you for the question Hammond so I I think that's boring 
So as much as <laughs> we, we, here's the problem. We complain about everything, right? On, on the one hand, you know, Drake is this nuisance, get him off my TV. But then when he's gone, you know, you got, you know, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the guy who sells Santa Fe's on TV, not body a super fan. I mean, he's, I'm sorry, people. He's boring as fuck. Like he's, I'm so glad for him that he's getting all this recognition, but I, I do not care to see the super fan at games. I do not care to see Drake at games, but if you were to take them out, hmm. you know, the, the Kia Sportage guy or whatever he's selling and, you oh, know, you're talking about not, not, yeah, 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 he's, you know, I don't, you know, nice guy. I know he's, yeah. uh, he's, he, he encapsulates Toronto perfectly. Right. Here's a, uh, he like, it would have been one thing if he was, super fan of like the Toronto Maple Leafs, but no, he became super fan of the Raptors since day one, that guy was there. Right. And yeah. he allegedly hasn't missed a game and it, it's, it's great. I love seeing that, but I also don't need him on my TV. I don't need, <laughs> um, I don't need to, to see him all the time. And it's just, it's, it's no disrespect, but I, so I'm complaining about two sides of the coin, right? On the one hand I can do without Drake, but yeah, I don't want to see the every man on TV either. Right. So, <laughs> Um, uh, I kind of like my sports plain Jane. I know I'm probably a bit of, um, probably a bit in the minority. Um, I could do yeah, with no. all the, uh, sport, uh, I can do with all the pomp and circumstance, but I do like complaining about, you know, obviously people like Drake. So, but no, I think that if I had to pick the lesser of two evils, I would much rather have Drake because I'm sure somewhere down the line, you're, it's like you said, he does contribute to tourism. He does contribute to, you know, merchants and all that stuff. Um, I'm sure Nav Bhatia has quite the following and he's done a lot of, a lot of good in our community and, you know, all, all is good on that end, but I do not need these people on TV at the same time. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I know I didn't answer the question, but that's the best answer. No, I, I think you. you pretty much did. I think, I think that was pretty, that, that's what I was wondering what your thought was. And I'm generally aligned to what you're thinking too, because the whole thing about, it, Drake's ambassadorship for the Raptors was throughout the 2000s under the Colangelo era, no one really cared about the team. We had people who were in Toronto who didn't care about the team. We had the American media didn't care about it. Well, that's because also Bosch wasn't really winning all that much with the Raptors. That's just the mm -hmm. way it works. You have to win if you, you want attention. But also, like, actually, even before the Raptors were really winning, you know, there was definitely more attention. Oh, Drake's involved with the Raptors now. He's not just. He's not just front running for whoever's the champion. He's now he's actually also at Raptors games too, which was different. I think that the I don't know what you get out of like covering the fans. I actually think that the Canadian media does that too much in general. Like you know, when Matt Devlin, I don't like any of these guys. I don't even like the fact that I have to talk about these guys. But like, I because I was looking at a few clips before this pod just to sort of regenerate, just re recall some memories I had of Drake and the Raptors. And man, I had to see more of these Canadian broadcasters who I just despise. But uh, whenever he starts doing that thing where whenever somebody shoots a three-point shot and then he just starts calling it from and then he'll just name some Canadian town that I don't care about, I hate it. Um, and I think that that's what he's doing. He's appealing to like those, to that audience. And like, I don't see like, I don't see how it makes the product more appealing. Uh, that's that's kind of my take. Uh, I thought that the reason Drake gets airtime is because he is a celebrity. And when mm -hmm. you attach celebrities, you're gonna get more eyeballs. There was a reason Absol why Brock Lesnar was a huge draw uh, before he actually had 
well, he had a couple, he had one maybe professional fight in Japan, I think before he actually got the UFC, but a guy who had only had like one or two fights doesn't normally just get put into essentially the main event UFC. Well, cause he had eyeballs, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just how this stuff works. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and it's been a net positive. I think that whenever teams come to Toronto, like a lot of the star players, they're gonna, like John Wall has a relationship with Drake. They are friends. So yeah, he's he's talking trash to him. And and they probably know what the lines are with each other, what, what you can and cannot say with each other. Um, but they all have relationships with the, with the players. Like they're all part of a fraternity and Drake, Drake knows well, them, I, so. I, I think I think they have to though, right? Because I'm sorry, John Wall, Kendrick Perkins. I mean, these guys are the NBA jabronis, and they can't be. They can't go and have a Twitter war with this guy. I mean, we, you know, you can't say anything bad about Drake. He's got an online posse. I mean, we'll if think I, of it this way though. So, uh, so I, I really, so I think these yeah. are. I think a lot of these friendships, as you call them, they're they're arrangements. Just like the Raptors and Drake is an arranged marriage, I think he has. I think when you're at that celebrity level, and you also mix in sports, which is which is a real thing. I mean, to the best of our knowledge, these are real results. These are real wins and losses happening. And you put an entertainer in there who is so influential. Yeah, I'm sure John Wall goes home every day to his wife saying, "I can't stand that motherfucker," but <laughs> but but he probably. Has to have his little scuffle and then has to kiss and make up after because let's face it, he doesn't want his DMs to blow up the next day because John Wall is not at that level. So I think he, I think Drake has this effect on a lot of people. It could be so, but from my understanding though, like, like you remember he was at the Kentucky Kentucky game with Boogie Cousins and John Wall. Like I think he he does actually have uh, relationships with all these players. You've, you've never like, you've never been to social events with people you despise. I mean, it's, um, it's, sometimes it's out of convenience, right? Sometimes it's for optics. Sometimes yeah, it's best it's for. I mean, I mean, John John Wall has a brand, and it's probably good for him to associate with that. Hey, Drake, you know, I heard you're in town. Come see this Kentucky game. And uh, by the mm -hmm. way, there's, um, you know, there's a boys and girls club in my local district. You know, would you mind helping out? You know, type of thing. I mean, yeah. uh, like, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't fault these guys. Like, I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for these NBA players to okay. have the same vitriol yeah. that I do. But I also understand how the game works, and that's kind of it, what I've seen. I'll put it to you this way: I was thinking that Drake has been such a front runner through the past that all the players they don't take his fandom for the Raptors as seriously as like they would spikes for the Knicks, right? Like Drake has showed up at games through, like whether it's the Lakers, the, the Nets, the Knicks, the Heat. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he tried to get into the Heat locker room, so he's just sort of college games. I forget which college teams he's just supported. That there was a notorious Drake curse, right? Where yep. whatever team he'd support would always lose. <laughs> so Con um, uh, Con Conor McGregor as well. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Man, Toronto's really hot for Conor McGregor. I remember those promos. Which, by the way, if there was only four cities in the world to hype up the Mayweather and McGregor fight. It does show you the profile of, of uh, Toronto that mm -hmm. they were going to do one of those four and mm -hmm. one of those four conferences in Toronto, right? For sure. Um, and it's one of the few cities that has had two WrestleManias, which I don't know, separate point. But um, so uh, one thing though about Drake being involved with the Raptors and knowing that he was going to be there for big games is I thought what it could do subliminally, there's no, I, I don't think there's a way to really like assess this and uh, statistically, I'm sure maybe someone could figure it out, but his presence and whether he's just even there, and then sometimes he actually might even get on the mic and kind of hype up the crowd a bit and the team a bit, but 
just his presence would sort of be bring out almost maybe better play out of the visiting team because they're going to show up and they want to shut him up and they want to, or they want to, or maybe they want to impress him if they are impressed by him, like the younger guys, especially who've grown up listening to him. So like, like, do you remember the Rockets in 28, 2018 when they were, they were looking like they were, they were going to potentially get the one seed, which they actually did against uh, the Warriors. And this was when the Raptors still had DeRozan and they were looking like they were going to get the one seed. And so mm -hmm. the Rockets were on this hot winning streak. I forget how many wins they were at. And Drake was sort of hyping up the game a bit. Okay, the game had enough at stake because the Rockets, they were, these were the two potential, this was a potential finals matchup anyway. But just think about whether it's Dirk and Dallas and Luca or whoever. Oh, I'm going to see Drake tonight. It's just, you just know you're going to rock into, you're going to come into the game. You're going to just, you're just going to be, a, the energy is just going to be a, just a notch a little bit higher, I think, even if it's a Tuesday sure. night game. You sure. know, so I think that's a net plus for the product. Sure. For the game, yeah, I never even, know? I never even thought about that. So that's, um, yeah. Just, uh, the question for you, um, do you think he deserves a ring? Oh, my goodness. Championship ring. Uh, absolutely not. But, <laughs> if we are, but, but if we are in the business of handing out rings, um, okay. you know, again, the, um, the Hyundai Elantra guy got a ring, you know, super fan okay. got a ring. And so, yeah. so like, okay. no, the, the answer is no. Okay. And the, the reason is, is because... You know, JV didn't get a ring. Tim Laiwiki deserves Jonas a ring. Yeah. yeah. So the, my my take is that okay. I this this is going to sound potentially incredibly arrogant of me, but I would like to think if I were in a position like Drake was, saying, "Listen, man, we're going to give you a ring. You're going to be part of the parade. You're going to speak at the parade. That you would decline all of that." Right. I, that's what okay. I would do now. Oh, you know, Ryan from Oakville, Ontario, you know, making his little, little salary there is going to say that like, okay. The, the reason why is because <laughs> I, because, because the reason why I know celebrities who have done that in the past or comparable, not NBA rings, just, just different things. They've, they've turned down deals because they just, they felt like, no, this, this is not right for me. Okay. So I think that Drake accepting an NBA championship ring and Nav just kind of speaks to, well, I think Nav was more of like, Hey, you're a lifelong, this it's like a lifetime achievement award. Here's an NBA ring. Boom. Okay. But with Drake, it was like, like this guy's, this guy's like the 15th man, right? He's <laughs> riding the bus all of a sudden he's, he's in the gym, he's in the gym shooting free throws. No, I mean, of course he should have said no to the ring. Of course he should have said no to speaking at the parade and asking people to hug each other or whatever nonsense he was spewing. Um, yeah, because it's, it's next level narcissism. It's next level. Look at me. And we're giving this, he's the golden goose. I understand that. And I know that we're going to keep offering him stuff and he's probably going to say no, but it's it's got to come to an end sometime and it should have come to an end that day it's like no this is an nba you know if, if if you're not earning a paycheck from the national basketball association you don't belong on stage um, well and and, okay. and and yes and 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 in terms of the optics the fact that he got a ring and that little pencil neck geek bobby bobby webster whatever his name is 
<laughs> uh, has to justify why JV doesn't get a ring by saying, um, well, you know, to, I forget what his response was, but, oh, well, to, we're just following protocol, what, you know, other teams have done in the past. And I'm assuming Masai Ujiri, who, by the way, is probably my favorite sports executive of all time. But I'm sorry, uh, Bobby Webster, Masai Ujiri, go F yourself. Because if you're, <laughs> if you're making up the rules and we're saying that the Santa Fe guy and the I'm more than just a number guy get a championship ring, but Jonas Valanciunas, who was <laughs> traded to get a key piece, who bled for you, who sweated for you, who had a DUI for you in Wasaga Beach, because I, I consider that putting in work too. I mean, you're not going to give him a ring? No, no. Zip zero, not on my watch. <laughs> I will, there's, I've, I think it's my pinned tweet on Twitter. There's two things <laughs> I will fight for for the future of my children. That is uh, climate change and getting JV a championship ring. Those are my only, that's my only life's work. So, so yeah, that's my qualm. <clears throat> Let me touch on uh, some stuff you said. So number one, do, do I think he need, deserves a ring? Well, to me, it's pretty straightforward. He's on the payroll. He's on the Raptors payroll. He's part of that organization. So he gets a ring. That's just like when you're a assistant coach, when you're in the offices, you get rings. Like Steve Nash was on the Warriors payroll as a consultant for that one year and maybe even still. So he could have got a ring, but he declined it because he, he just, it's a bit different because it's so close to him. Like as a player who never did win as a, I think he, he just felt like it was a hollow achievement for him because he and didn't he, get to win it and he's as a player. A, and he's also, a closet. <laughs> also he's, he's well, a, clo he's a closet non narcissist as well. Go with, on with Drake. It's not unreasonable in my view because he is on the payroll and he has his role on the team, just like all the trainers and assistant coaches and the marketing teams. Like, okay, I don't know exactly who within the whole organization gets rings. I'm not sure if it's going to be every person or every person a certain pay grade, but it is a substantial number, I think, who actually do get those rings. I mean, obviously, they're on the ceremony night, they're only going to really put out the, the, you know, the actual player side, the basketball ops side. But um, my understanding is that quite a lot of the people in the office do, and so that includes Drake. So I don't have a problem with him getting a ring just for that reason. Like it would be, I, I do find it a bit weird that Nav gets a ring. I think it's great that he gets celebrated by the team because yeah, like longtime customer, he's dropped in. Yeah, so you touched upon it. I mean, we got some listeners who probably don't know who Nav is. Nav Bhatia, Sikh Canadian, moved to Canada from India. I don't know what year, I think it was the seventies. He was selling cars, and he eventually just uh, built upon built upon that. So he has his own dealerships, and he's doing very well. He the Raptors came in 1995, and he has attended every single home game every year. He, since, he gave he, not he gave one. he gave Vince Carter his first car too. I believe it was a Range Rover, and I believe he gave. DeMar DeRozan, his first car. Like, so he, he's, yeah, he's become a bit of a father figure to a lot of incoming, incoming Raptors, just helping them get acquainted into the city. Like, because a lot of them are they're from other cities. They're not, they've never been to Canada. And so he's like, yeah, if you need, need a car to get around, if you just need some recognitions, I can help you out. And he's become a, a very prominent figure throughout the league. Uh, oh, before I get into that part, this, his story. Uh, so he, uh, by the way, um, 41 games a year, that's home. That's a lot. That's quite a time commitment. Uh, so it's definitely a lot of dedication, something you just uh, really, something I admire. He, his motivation was that, you know, he's a Sikh Canadian. Sikhs among Indians, I mean, I, would, I did not realize it at first that they're actually quite a small population among all of India. 
but in Canada, they're actually fairly substantial. But yes, uh, he had, he'd faced some discrimination, whether it's in his career or in his life. And so he thought, okay, well, one way for me personally to combat it is just, just to just to live my life and become prominent, just just do it. And then the more visible I am, the more tolerant people become. And so he's become the face of this Raptor organization to many people in Toronto. Somewhat, so it's quite symbolic that you know this other newcomer Canadian who is just so synonymous with this very Canadian slash American team, and you know he he donates a whole bunch of tickets to other Sikh uh, youth to go attend games throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just um, all around good guy. Um, certainly, I certainly have a lot of admiration for him. Uh, throughout the league, oh yeah, and he just he's given interviews where he explains like he'll trash talk players. He's always rooting for his team. But he draws a line at just vulgarity. He's a big believer in showing some respect, some restraint. Like you don't, no swearing, nothing about the family, nothing just crass to the players, right? Like you just, yeah, just friendly trash talk. And so he and he's become such a staple. Like he was actually invited to Vince Carter's wedding, I believe, uh, down in Florida. Oh, wow. And he he's known throughout like different people, like Mike Woodson or. Kobe, if you've seen like Kobe's last game in Toronto after that buzzer, that. he he turned mm-hmm. around to go hug Nav, give us a mm-hmm. bye. I went to mm-hmm. a, a Mavericks game back a few years ago. Dirk, they're doing the lineup, so you see Dirk break away from the lineup to give him a hug. Yeah. So like, uh, he's just he's just a known figure, and I, I think that's the case for uh, a lot of just longtime season ticket holders throughout the league. Just a lot of just non-famous characters who probably do get that recognition, and so for Toronto, that's 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 our guy. So. Um, and actually, there was that one story where I think it was a Milwaukee Bucks fan who I don't know if it was on social media or in person, but just was disparaging Nav and it was getting kind of yeah, racial. And it was, and, yeah. And so Nav handled that just with a lot of class. Like uh, I think first it was Milwaukee fans who actually were calling that guy out, saying that's just not appropriate and mm-hmm. you're you're not representing our city that well. So Nav just sort of just trying to just going high, just trying to conduct himself with some class he just engaged that guy and actually that guy reached out to Nav directly and they made some kind of amends and um that guy just you know he just claimed some ignorance he just he was just uh uh you know he just now he realizes what he should or should not have been saying so Mm -hmm. i think Nav just have a lot of respect for that guy but does he deserve a ring i i stop at that i just think that you got to be on the payroll you got to be in the organization and uh, I, I just, I think that you can, there are plenty of other ways that teams can honor and recognize and their, their season ticket holders, which they do. Like they give them private private dinners with the players. They give private, like, uh, whatever you call those things, networking sessions. They do get chances, special perks. Um, like, I, I'm just, they're basically treated like, like they have backdoor access right to to the team and the league with you know mm-hmm. so I, I they are honored but they are not part of the show so i wouldn't i wouldn't give them a ring i would draw the line there now jonas valanciunas there is precedent so i'm not totally sure why he wouldn't get the ring because if you remember anderson Varejao, you kind of feel bad about that guy because he gets traded away from the Cavs or he released and then he signs with the warriors the Cavs win the title so then he doesn't get a ring and he um i don't know if they offered it to him or not anyway so he's at the warriors so the following year he's with the warriors before the warriors win he is traded to portland or he's released and he ends up in portland so in back-to-back years he was on the championship team before they got a ring so 
following season, I think they, they Warriors did extend him the offer to have the ring, you know, because he was on the team, but he declined it. He just, you know, there's a bit of pride. I think some players probably feel a bit of pride, like, you know, I, I didn't really earn this ring. And right. I, I, I guess, really I guess I'm just, I'm just mad that JV never got that opportunity to decline. Fair I, enough. Actually, uh, I, I, I think, I think he said as much that he would. He would okay. accept the ring. Yeah. Okay. So, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's definitely a strong case for it because, yeah, it wasn't like, because Anderson Verjaw, the thing is, he hadn't been on the team for all that long. He wasn't part of that rise. Whereas John, Jonas Valanciunas had been there for like seven years. So, and he yeah, just I missed mean, out by a few months. So, yeah. Who, I mean, who, who deserves a ring more, JV or Jeremy Lin? I, or, um, <laughs> or, um, Boucher or like guys who played zero minutes, like second well, half of the season. Right? No, but they, uh, again, that goes back to my straight line. Like you're on the payroll, you're on the squad, you get a ring. So okay, yeah, well, J- I do pay- put them payroll, above JB. Payroll for half a yeah. year, right? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, I mean, that's, it's an interesting point, but so Drake, uh, yeah. Whether he gets a ring or not controversial, it's definitely something good for social media. Oh, Drake's got a ring. Drake, I mean, they, yeah. a lot of people actually, a lot of people do not know that he is on the Raptor payroll. I think they think this ambassador thing is something he made up. I don't think they realize that sure. that was actually the title that the Raptors gave him. I am mm-hmm. curious if that's what it shows up in the company directory and his pay grade, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, um, fair enough. So, okay. Um, where do we go from here? All right. So, um, I'll tell you how I see this, right? First is in terms of Drake, second is in terms of the Raptors, and then third is a more broad point, which we'll get to. But for Drake, to be honest, I feel like his run as the Raptors ambassador, I think it's going to come to an end over the next couple of years. I think the mark demarcation line is going to be basically when Kyle Lowry leaves. Like his rise with the Raptors is basically with seeing DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry through, and I guess to a degree Terrence Ross. But those three guys um, – when Kyle Lowry goes, I think Drake's done his job. And it, the combination was the Raptors win. So, you know, like when a TV show like Entourage is on the air and you see the rise of Vince Chase and uh, to become a, a full bona fide movie star around the world. Like, well, once he's become the movie star, you kind of have reached the end of the show. You know, that, that that's just sort of what it is. Now, I think that there will be a transition period where he moves on because there's just going to be other things he does with his career. Because if he just stays on as this ambassador for like 10, 20 years, like you, it sort of dilutes his brand, his, because he's gotten what he gets out of it. And if he's just there, he's a bit like a TV show that's just on the air for too long. And mm-hmm. so I think he's aware of that. He's just so savvy. He would not let that happen. Now, there'll be just a natural transition. That doesn't mean he wouldn't be at games. It doesn't mean that there wouldn't be some still tie up with OVO. Um, but my prediction is that he just he finds a way to cleverly um, not allow himself to just be attached only to the Raptors because his brand is bigger than the Raptors. I think in terms of the Raptors, I think similarly, a break from Drake is sort of the next step in their growth as an organization. Like I think about this as uh, when um, like it's a bit like going off to college, like okay, the Raptors had their infancy with the the, dark, the, the purple Raptors, then they get the, the Colangelo Raptors. Now it's the Drake era. And now they find their footing. They're really good. They have institutional structure. And and I don't know what the, what's what's up for them in the future, but at a certain point in time, you just sort of have to keep reinventing, your, keep reinventing yourself and not just rely on your old tricks in terms of success and appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, and And that's like... That's like when the WWF went from the Attitude Era into the 
essentially the John Cena era. You know, like you, we look back fondly at the Attitude Era as wrestling fans, but it cannot last forever. It has, it, and actually, it's a really short period of time when we look at. Well, it. he 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 can't last forever either, right? Because you know you. Have that's to what understand. I'm saying. Well, you, that's why the thing. In the he would, but but Jay Z could last forever, and well, like we'll get to that, but that's because okay. it's a little different. I, I'm going to bring him up in a second. Sure, um, but it's it's um it's. It's just that I think that the OVO era here with the Raptors and Drake, I just think that this roughly five, well, six, seven year period, it's going to be, we look back at it. It's like, man, wasn't that such a fun time? Because that's like the Raptors mm. first title go around. And it's just what it is. We'll look back fondly, but it's time. There'll be just, there's, there's the next generations. It's time for the next iteration of whatever the Raptors are going to be. And um, um, now, before uh, I was gonna, we had a question about this, but actually, do you have any thoughts on what I said before? Because then I think when we bring there's a listener had a question I want to get to it's, um, and I think we're gonna ask it'll be a bit of a deep dive into it. But what about okay, go what ahead. I said? Yeah, ask, ask the question. Oh, okay, ask. well, mm -hmm. like, um, Kian, I hope I'm saying his name right from Toronto. Uh, yes, yes. okay, uh, so do you see the ambassador thing expanding to other teams using local celebs to pump up their brand, or will it just be mm -hmm. the Raptors who do this? Um, uh, do you have a take first? Because I, I do have a take, but um, what's your take first? Yeah, again, if it makes money and if it's okay. forced, of course they'll do okay. it. But th th that's my whole thing. Like people say, oh, it's got to be organic. It's no, it's okay. This is a force. Or this to me, the Drake OVO thing, as you know, you've 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 put it so. Um, you've made it seem very pleasant that it, it <laughs> it's it will be looked upon finally, but um. There was nothing organic about it. It was no, no, no it's not, I'm not saying it was. Organic, it was. No. It, was a, it was a. But that's the thing, right? And I think people are gonna take this example. And I mean, I don't know if they're trying to make it work with Meek Mill and um, in Philadelphia, but um, okay. you don't. So th that's that's what I struggle with, right? The, the whole ambassador thing. I mean, I don't even think teams necessarily need it very much. I mean, okay. you don't need an LA. You just have. Jack and Michael Keaton and Leo and Denzel just show up at your game. So okay. none of none of them are ambassadors. They're just dudes that show up and conduct themselves like normal human beings, which our people don't. So um yeah, that's that's to me that I don't know what it does for Q ratings, right? I don't know if um I'm just trying to okay. So another I guess the equivalent to Drake in the United States is probably right now Travis Scott in Houston. Okay. I don't know how involved he is with the Rockets or the Texans or the you know Houston Astros, okay. um, but he is he's mega. He's probably okay. he's even probably more popular than Drake right now because hip hop is just an industry where the young eat the old, and Travis Scott is super over right now. He's got a Netflix special, uh, so. He'd probably be the perfect guy to be this next ambassador type okay. guy, young, okay. money. So, I, but I don't know. I don't know if that could okay. if it could work. It, it's it's maybe just a unique thing for Toronto because we need to be put on the map in this okay. way. And I I just don't think that other NBA teams really need to right because um, okay. they get away with just playing basketball, producing good stars, and that's probably good enough for them, right? Yeah, so you touch on some points that I was thinking about too. Um, I think okay, in terms of the word, the word organic. How about I just twist it a little bit, just re re 
pivot, like authentic. It has to feel authentic. Like it can be orchestrated and conducted, you know, because there are difference between organic and authentic. Organic would be, oh, like we didn't plan it. It just sort of happened. Whereas authentic is, yeah, we plan it, but it's real. It feels like it's mm. natural. And so- yeah, I, I struggle with that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. So the, no, no actually tell me about it now first. Like the, Well, because, it, you know, where was Drake during the Bariani years? I mean, <laughs> where, where was, you know, and that's my question to you. Like, if Well, he wasn't, sudden, he was not even really a celebrity then though. Like, Oh, he was, he was pretty big. He was pretty big. Okay. So, so just, just back it up a bit. I first heard Drake, my buddy, my buddy Ryan said, Hey man, there's this song by Paige, a Canadian rapper. And he was doing the hook. And that's when yeah. I got a glimpse into his narcissism because he then re <laughs> he he re-recorded the track and had himself rap on it. Like, let me just make that's that's a nice that's a nice record you got there. Let me just uh, <laughs> let me just take it and make it all about me, right? So that was the first time I'm like, but Drake was pretty big man, pretty quick. He caught fire pretty quickly, and he was big enough that he was um, a Miami Heat season ticket holder. Right. Yeah, and so, he, so it, that's the thing. So if it's authentic or organic, I just listen, he's opportunistic. He is but, only Drake is only going to date the popular girl and their discussion. So, and yeah, like I'm not Toronto's, Toronto's the popular girl right now. I won't dispute that part, but you're also forgetting the fact that, okay, do you think Brian Colangelo and that organization wanted to bring in, do they think they had the wherewithal to even bring in Drake? Or do you think that Tim Laiwiki, who's actually an entertainment like guru, who's like, you know, what's a good idea? Let's just take the biggest star in the world who happens to be from Toronto and let him sort of mix in his brand with Toronto. Because I don't well, think when, Brian Colangelo and that organization was thinking about this stuff. They were too Brian, busy. When did Brian Colangelo, you're probably right, but when did Brian Colangelo exit the team? 2012. Like that's the thing. Tim Laiwiki came in. Wow. Right? Tim okay. Lewicki came in 2013, okay. brought on so, yeah, Masai right. Drake. So I'll give you I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Brian Colangelo prop because by 2012, Drake was in. He was over. Yeah, he 2012, was. Right. He was he was he was mega over. So if he was. Yeah. So okay. I, I so think fair it, enough. So fair but enough. But I think it, I think that it's not mutually exclusive, right? Like we're, we're all from Toronto and people from Toronto go down to the USA. That's just the way it works. Do you remember all the Raptors fans cheering in Oracle Arena, like Oracle Center um during the finals? And the ESPN was like, wow, look at all these Raptor fans. The Raptors team has following everywhere. No, what happens is, is that a lot of people from Canada go to the USA to get jobs. That's just the way it works. So then that's true. That's true. It is a pretty stupid thing. And we believe it too here in Canada, right? Just like so, whenever, just like when the Seattle Mariners um, play games and host the Jays and people think that all these people come from Vancouver <laughs> and you're right. I, I have, I have a good friend who listens to our podcast. He's from I, he's Toronto. Okay. He's, he's from Toronto. He lives in Seattle. So, yeah. I see a lot of uh, Raptors gear, OVO gear, Raptors, we the North, Raptors, mm -hmm. we the champs, like mm -hmm. everything, like all that. I see that floating around here in my apartment complex. Um yeah. So and like I remember I approached one guy once, like uh, several months ago. It's like, hey, nice sweatshirt. And then I said, I'm from Toronto. Like he didn't it's not one of those things where when you're like overseas in Singapore and you meet someone who's from Canada, yeah. like there's a bit more of a it, it does it it's a little more of a novelty because it's like there's so many foreigners from everywhere. So if you meet a Canadian, you're like, Okay, but I guess this guy's probably met enough Canadians here you didn't really think about it. He's like, Hey, well, whatever. I've my I have got three colleagues here who are Canadians, so whatever. It's um, a very cool logo. The OVO logo is is it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um yeah. I think that. that so it is possible that Drake 
he grew up in Toronto. He grew up a Raptors fan. And then like, just like a lot of the Canadians who found some success, he was making his money down in the USA. And then he just like, you know, the Raptors were not a good team then. And you're right. He wasn't supporting his team, but he also maybe wasn't living in Toronto all that often. And you just, I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't know if Colangelo and MLSC was even engaging, engaging Drake. And I just don't think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of where we go from here, like, uh, uh, here's how I, I saw it because I was thinking, okay, would any other teams try to employ the same model? And then I was thinking, okay, yes, you're right. So yes, they would, if it's beneficial financially for everybody involved. Um, now what, where would it succeed though? Because I think that it was a very special situation in Toronto and here's how I think so, what made it all work. And you kind of, to varying degrees, for the most part, this is what you would need. You need a global icon, not just some local celebrity, like some global icon who's just gonna, whatever he's doing is gonna get tweets, it's gonna get likes, it's gonna get shared, it's gonna get picked up by national broadcasts. It Like, Meek Mill doesn't have, ah, uh, uh, you tell me otherwise. Like, he, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't, but, but Travis Travis Scott does. Travis Scott did a song but, with Ozzy again, Osbourne. What, he's in what that, I'm saying, he's, he's, he's you're talking about the industry and you're talking about America, but I don't know if in Singapore, like enough people are gonna know who Travis Scott is. Mm. Like it's just not, not every American artist it's like it's gets it's pretty it's pretty big man it's pretty big yeah pretty but big. i'm telling you that like not every american artist is going to get play over there like it's just that's just sort of what happens now maybe it's maybe i'm just not in touch with in touch with it but i'm just telling you that you need there's 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 celebrities who are really hot but then there are global just icons um so that's one thing right so um but throughout the league whether you would want to talk about um who are other celebrities now like like i like say for example i keep saying pitbull like i'm I'm dating myself now but he would not have been good enough like it's not he's not global enough he's not someone that he's he's literally called mr worldwide no but that is massive no no, there there are there are housewives drinking boxed wine in sweden listening to pitbull there are there are prisoners. There are prisoners who get one radio station in like Guam no, listening to Pitbull. But it's, Pitbull it's just is not, not Pitbull's bigger than no, Drake. But Pitbull's bigger not, than Drake. It's no, that's not the case. Like um He is. He's trust me, Pitbull is massive. <laughs> Pitbull no, no. is next level. Again, I'm telling you, like when you go overseas, you just that's when you when you live overseas, it's when you sort of realize the pecking order of global icons and, and so sort of whether it's in movies and in music, like for better or worse, whether or not it's right, whether or not they actually are the most talented, but you already get a sense of, okay, these artists, these actors, these um, musicians, like they are just sort of at this other level that everybody knows them. Like Rihanna is at that level globally yeah. versus, yeah. versus I'm trying to think of a female artist who's very popular and very well known in America. Like for example, Nicki Minaj, like, Nicki Minaj or uh, Cardi B, like very popular, very like, they're going to get all this attention, but they're not a global level like Rihanna. Like, it's not just going to be like, okay, I'm well, in Melbourne. You, you, you also like, have to know that Rihanna and Drake have years on these people, but but yeah, okay, not, but, but not Pitbull. Pitbull actually came before Drake and is, uh, you know, I, I actually put him, I put him, Drake might be more concentrated in a lot of areas, but 
but Pitbull is oh, spread okay. out. Let me go yeah. through my, let me go through the rest of my uh, sure. list here. So one is it's gotta be a global icon. It can't just be someone yes. who's a localized celebrity. Like, yeah, you're popular in your city or in your kind of or surrounding states and provinces, but that's not good enough. It has to be somebody, whether it's Moscow, whether it's Tokyo, it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, I know who that is. That's one thing. Another one, they have to have this personality where they can draw this reaction like it has me and you, heat, and he can be a heel and a face on okay. social media. I'm like, with you there. We have, we have wavered between, we've praised this guy and we've hated on this guy mm -hmm. multiple times throughout this whole, and we've gone, we've definitely gone on longer than I thought we would on Drake, but that just shows you how, how like captivating he is. The fact that we just have this much to say on this guy. So it's gotta be somebody who can draw that kind of attention and become a meme. He's the heat, he can draw that heat. He has to be, maybe this ties, maybe this next point, I was saying setting trends. That sort of ties in with the global icon thing where he just, um, we talk about the merchandise, we talk about fashion, we talk about things that just sort of stick. Whether you can think his lyrics are ridiculous, you can think song titles are ridiculous or any presence, but they just, they trend, you know? Like people catch on to stuff that he does. Um, like the whiskey brand that he launched, well, it's, sell it's selling records. No, I haven't tried it, maybe it's not good, but, yeah, they have to have that cachet. Then also, this is an interesting one where his ambassadorship, it didn't mean that he was like, oh, I'm just going to be this guy in a suit sitting up in a box like Tim Laiwiki. He was a peer among the players. So when the players came to town, they would... Now, you now whether or not it's authentic friendship and whether or not maybe it's just networking and just playing the game, okay, fine. I Well, some of them maybe not that as close to him and some maybe are, right? But he doesn't know all the players, but he knows all the top players. And the top players come and they kind of rub shoulders with him. And it was sort of on display when you saw the post-game trash talk after game two of the finals last year with Kate, with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Because like you mentioned Jay-Z. The thing is, Jay-Z wouldn't do it, but it's also because the players have such a reverence for Jay-Z. They just sort of look up to Jay-Z like he's this icon, like he's this idol. And you wouldn't talk to Jay-Z that way because they just have so much respect for him as the mogul, you know, that they look up to him and because they grew up listening to him and maybe the younger generation would look at Drake differently, but Jay-Z and Drake carry themselves differently. Jay-Z is this respected mogul, this businessman. Just Drake, he is not afraid to be a joke either. Jay-Z is very protective of that. Jay-Z is not going to make it let himself look like a joke, right? So you can, you when you humanize yourself that way, you draw people in uh, and that's part of the ambassadorship where that, that, that adds the alert. And then also a very important part, Toronto, quote unquote, a small market. It, the thing is, it's not just small market, but cause I don't know if Houston's, but Houston's a smaller city than Toronto. It's not bigger than Toronto. I don't think. Um, but it's, it has won championships. Now it has, Toronto had never won a championship. It had never gone to an, a conference finals. It, it was just a very, it was a languishing city that had nothing to stand for. It had no major hall of, future Hall of Famers. We didn't even really know what Vince Carter was going to be when he left, like, because there was a floundering period where now maybe he'll go into the Hall, he'll probably will go in the Hall of Fame. But Vince was all you associated with the Raptors. There was nothing else. So it was a clean slate for Drake to come in. Whereas if there was other teams, like you point, pointed out the Lakers or the Knicks, even the Rockets, I would, it would be tough because they already have such a brand on them on their own and a history on their own. Whereas Drake has had, had a runway to, to like build something that's his with the Raptors that now, even when he leaves, we are still going to remember that period of time where it was Drake and the Raptors, the OVO era. Um, so if you'd have to, like, you couldn't even use Utah because Utah had that run with Carl Malone and John Stockton. Like, I think you'd have to, 
like let's think of this for a second it would have to be like i don't even know if the kings would work because people still kind of talk about that run with uh Vladi divac and all that but but like maybe it's like um um uh what's the i'm thinking with team like you could maybe say the orlando magic maybe because i don't think they've ever developed enough of a cachet but it's got to be the only you would rule out most of the cities right away because they i just think that it it may it was just such a fresh look for the city that needed it for the street this this team that needed it and then last point i was going to have on it is the fan base also made a difference because a it was a very fervent fan base like when you showed them on tv they showed up it wasn't like there's drake in an empty arena it just it goes hand in hand and also that fan base is dynamic. It, Drake represents the fan base. It's it's when we because when you watch League Pass, you uh, you don't see commercials. You see the 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 pan of the audience, and it is absolutely clear how just different all the fan bases are around the whole NBA. You just see it right away when you see that, which is incredible. That's the only time where it looks so different. And with the Toronto fan base being as young and diverse and dynamic, it it was the per he was the perfect representative for them. You know. Um, so I think that that's what made this run quite unique. I would think that other teams would try to replicate it. I think they would try to replicate it, but I don't know how they would. You have to, first you have to find that guy and there are not that many guys who can fit that role. Then you've got to find something that kind of, uh, that blends with the team, the city, the dynamic, the fans. And it was just, I think it was just very, just the perfect fusion in Toronto. So that's my take. I don't know. What, what are your okay. thoughts on that? Um, yeah, listen, I think um, Drake OVO, um, it's not for me, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware of why the marriage exists and I have little issue okay. with it because I pay little attention to it. I'm there to watch basketball at the end of the day. My, my you, can, you can compartmentalize my issues with Drake in three categories. It's basically, it's narcissism, it's wolf tickets and it's overexposure. Overexposure is not completely his fault, right? Because ESPN is going to show him, right? They want to, you know, they want to show Drake. Okay. It's, it's good for them. And you can't blame MLSE for, for doing that. It's right. the overexposure is not him, but he's not, okay. he's not, he's not downplaying. He's not shy. No guys, take the camera off me. Right. <laughs> um, the reason why I'm yeah. going to, the reason why I'm going to have more of an issue than say you, Jason, is because I okay. love hip hop and, <laughs> and, and, and I hate phony hip hop. And this guy, gonna, this guy okay, is yeah. not, let me just say this. He's not a battle rapper. He's not a diss rapper. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's a feelings rapper. He's, he's, he's a pop star. Right. Yeah. And, and he's going to have songs that I actually don't mind because you know when you're in a club or in a in a you know a setting, it's 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 different music that you want to listen to when you're in the car ride or you're working out. Um, there's some tracks that I like of Drake, and I do DJ part time as well. I'm definitely not going to be that guy that you know a 14 year old girl, my daughter as well. She loves hearing Kiki or Ricky or whatever her name is, Ricky Lakes dance with me are you right and blah 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 okay that's great <laughs> but but here's here's the problem here's the, so i've already spoke about his his gross ugly narcissism right me 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 yeah. me but it's the wolf tickets i can't stand it's the bad pro wrestling that i can't stand this guy <laughs> has had guys like common come after him hard brutal diss track and no response 
but yet he has no problems going after Kendrick Perkins, John <laughs> Wall, Meek Mill when he was up and coming. He won't go after LeBron. He won't go after like he's just he just cowers to people who have similar Q scores to him or even higher, right? Guys who have more clout. And I don't like that. I don't like guys who pop off. It's it's bullying. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> okay. It's it's I'm not I'm not a fan of it. And so Drake as an entertainer, yeah, it's it's great. I have um no issues with him, how he makes it. frankly, I'm I'm actually impressed by if you're famous and a millionaire, um and you're over 30, I'm already impressed that you haven't had a cocaine it um ha, have not od'd on cocaine so that there's there's my there's 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 my there's my glad handing to to drake but it's this it's this persona that he's not that he plays on tv that he's not in real life that's where i'm just you know who are you fooling i know you're fooling a lot of people because you have seven million uh instagram followers but you know you don't have 70 million people who like the the concentric circles of the hip hop artists that I listen to and the fans of that aren't Drake fans, so that's why he gets away with it, right? Because he's 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 selling an invisible product. The problem why I think not. So suppose Drake's narcissism is real, and he does want to be OVO for like the next fifty years. Here's here's the bad okay. thing going for Drake. Okay, hip hop is you you hip hop. You can't be the old man in the club. And that's why guys like 50 Cent, Ja Rule, and Nelly, like just, you know, well, Nelly was a certified uh, diamond, but these guys were, their popularity was, was massive, absolutely yeah. massive. And now they probably couldn't, they probably couldn't even open for Donnie and Marie in Las <laughs> Vegas, right? Um, Drake is not going to make that transition that Jay-Z made, that Nas made, that Wu-Tang made, where, okay, Nas and Wu-Tang are not on the same level as Drake, but Jay-Z is comparable, but he decided early in his career that he was going to drop that juvenile act, and Drake's kind of getting to that point. This is the, this think... is the, this, this is the point in his career where you got to stop rapping about the stuff you rap about if you want to be taken seriously or become yeah. a joke like Snoop Dogg and really become a, a comedy act, which I don't see in him as well. So this is the time to pivot. And you're right. We're at the apex now. The Raptors won a championship. You got your ring. You're, you're over. What's next? You're pushing 40, pal. Now is the time to make a decision. Where do you want your career to go? Because a guy like Travis Scott, I'm telling you right now, is, is probably is, 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 all, is already over, overtaking him in many, many metrics, many measurables. Maybe not I that worldwide, but only only because he has years on him. But trust me, Travis I, Scott's yeah. Travis Scott's going to get there. The, the I think Drake's massive. future is um, you're already starting to see it with his entrepreneurial ventures. He basically becomes like Fifty Cent, where Fifty Cent had only like two albums or whatever, right? Like we, he had you only knew him. You know, you know, Fifty's, you know, you know, Fifty's bankrupt. He's nobody. Oh no way! Okay, okay. He's well, not a mogul. He was, Fifty does well, nothing. Fifty's a nut. 50 is the original wolf tickets guy. He had to go in front of a judge to say that, oh, I have stacks of money because that's my persona. I have to have changed my persona. I don't have a penny to my name. Oh. Your honor. Tax evasion? Uh, probably. I don't know. He's just, okay. he's, okay. he's allegedly. We have no idea. We, we shouldn't start talking crimes if we don't know. That could be a problem. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, what I was going to say was, um, I think that 
Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think that what he did with the game there is that he, because he's not even really from the same kind of background that everybody else who ever made it in, in rap was, right? So he- Or, or basketball. He's from, or, well, okay, put aside basketball for a second. Like just in, in hip hop, like he's from Forest Hill Collegiate, right? That's um, Forest Hill is one of the nicest parts of Toronto. He was a star in Degrassi. I can't think of another guy in hip hop who was on this teen drama and um but he wouldn't, be the, he wouldn't be the like common came from a good background notorious oh, okay. big notorious notorious big famously i mean this guy came from a very good household he went to a oh, good okay. school right okay. and but but people believed him now his his death obviously contributed to his legacy okay. right but okay i mean we're, we're talking listen hip-hop unlike rock music has a very poor way of differentializing the subgenres, right everything's hip-hop according to hip-hop right which which i yeah. disagree because in rock you have rock you have folk you have new metal you have alternative you have grunge you have all these things and they all they all form rock music but everything is hip-hop right and um i don't know if pop star is a dirty word in in um in hip-hop i know drake just released yeah. a track called pop star i don't know if he's poking <laughs> fun at that label or he's embracing it either way okay. i actually have to tip my cap off to him it's pretty genius because i've been calling him a pop star for all these years and here he <laughs> is um you know kind of owning it so we think well yeah he's a pop star i mean that, that kind of goes to what i was saying about when but you, the, but you realize jokes. that you realize that's the worst thing you can call any of these new rappers right yeah like you know i'm putting that aside i don't i don't really care too much because yeah. it's like i'm just what I, it's, i'm just going back to the to the point i was making about being a global icon is like when you go to say some random bar in Shin, the, the, the Ginza district in Tokyo, or mm -hmm. by the way, I might be getting it. I think that's just the shopping district. But if you're right. going to like Sun Twin in Beijing, or if you're going to one Fullerton in Singapore, like, and what music are they going to play? Sure. Um, it's, they're, they're just going to, they're going to narrow it down to just a few select people that they could think of around the whole world. Right. And yeah. he's on that list. And I, I might be wrong because I I can't say that I know all the artists that get played, but um, but I I just I don't, just I've learned that even somebody who's super big here, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get played there. Um, just putting right. it in perspective, like Game Five of the Warriors when there was Warriors Cavs that one year in 2016, like my family from California was visiting and they're like, I, I can't find it. Like, it's where is it? Where is it? No one. The sports bars weren't playing it. They were playing some soccer, which. I, was the Euro uh, the Euro Championship or the Euro League or whatever? Um, so it just that, I'm just telling you, it, it, there's just certain think, things that are terrible. I think but... uh, I think I have too much skin in the game, and that's why it, it bothers okay. me more than. But, okay, but, okay. but 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 even I here's the thing: I even can't argue with you. Like for me to come on here today, like how, how terrible would it have been if I said, "No, Jason, he's not as popular as you think." Well, you know, he's probably has Russian bots to contribute. No, like the guy is yeah, popular okay, okay. AF right yeah, now. Yeah. Is his music for me? No, it's probably for you know boys and girls who live in Burlington who have pill parties <laughs> on Sega Beach. But 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 when I so the 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 issue with me right is when I'm trying to watch a basketball game, and Drake just comes along and be like, "Hey, that's a normal, competent, exciting basketball game you got going on." It would be a shame if I interjected myself into it somehow. I, that's just. That's what I have a problem with. And I have a problem with it because I know his rap persona. I knew that he grew up in Forest Hill. I know that he doesn't want those hip hop beefs. He's avoiding one right now. I don't know if you're 
familiar with his current situation with with Pusher T of Clips, who basically exposed the world that he has this son named Adonis, oh, yeah. and it's just like it's radio silence from this guy, right? So here's this guy trying to pick a fight with Kendrick freaking Perkins, like one you know one flick of his pinky and Drake goes flying. So he's trying to pick a fight with this guy, but you know Common Pusher T. I mean, these guys are just putting it on but, wax and it's just radio silence for him. Now, maybe that's the way he's managing his career, but to me, it's like that's that's what I have a problem. I don't like bad pro wrestling, me, and he is bad pro wrestling. Okay, so there so you recognize it then. Because I was just gonna say, you know he's working. Like no, 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 like, no, 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 no. I just he's shouting he, at Kendrick. No, this is real he life. He doesn't know this he doesn't Jason, he I bet you he doesn't know he's working sometimes. When <laughs> okay. when you when you gave him too much credit uh, a few minutes ago saying that uh, oh I'm sure he's aware of this and that. It's like, yeah, I, I'm he's not dumb, you know, just like yeah. just like you know, even even President 45 knows that he can say things and he's gonna get a reaction, but you know, does he know the chapters in the Bible? No. So there's 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 different ways of being dumb and being smart, but I do yeah. not give Drake the credit that he knows that he's working a, a certain You think that's just of, him? Yeah, that's just him. Yeah, I think when he which says... Which goes to his authenticity, too. He's not, you know... I mean, kind of, okay. Whether you like it or not, then that's just him. Well, I mean, there's there's guys on street yeah. corners, you know, shutting out 5G tower conspiracies. Those guys are authentic, too, right? But um, I... Listen, I... Drake is he's a net positive. It's yeah. it's more it's more of a me thing. Okay. But but you can't tell me that. So here's another issue that I deal with because I'm involved. I'm considered a Drake hater and I'm actually not <laughs> for the reasons that I said earlier. When I'm if I'm DJ I'm going to play his songs. If I'm out in a right. club I want to hear his songs. Um yeah. you know, but and, and here's another thing. There's actually real Drake haters out there who won't even give him the courtesy of saying how talented he is. I actually think that the guy, if we want to talk about his intelligence in terms of the, the rap game, he could very well have been like a most deaf Talib Kweli, Joey Badass, J. Cole. Okay. Like, maybe not as good as J. Cole or most deaf. But the point is that he could have sounded like that. I've heard enough hip hop in my life to be like, okay, this guy whether he's ghostwriting or has a ghostwriter or whatever the case, he, he can have a certain sound. He chooses to have this young, boisterous, juvenile sound. It's He wants to make hits and he wants to make money. And that does take skill. It does take skill to be a pop star. And there's a lot of people that won't even give him that credit. And I will absolutely give him that credit. He does have the talent. He's obviously just choosing you know, imminent fame and <laughs> making as much money as possible. But he absolutely could be that, not underground rapper, but he could be that low-key rapper that we heard in the 90s where, you know, he didn't get to the next level, but he's got a strong following and he yeah. he has it in him to do that. So that's a courtesy that a lot of people won't give him. All right, man. I think, um, I think that's a good note to uh, cap off kind of how, how we've seen Drake both in his career, in his musical career, his entertainment career, his NBA career. He's uh, certainly a polarizing figure, certainly controversial, but he has brought a lot of attention to a team that didn't receive any before or very, mm -hmm. very little before. And that team has won a championship. Now he didn't set that team up, but uh, it, it all, the, the, the branding of him and the team and the, and the trophy going all like hand in hand in hand 
I think it just added to the to that celebration to the imagery. So yeah, I think I think yeah, I think our team and our city was better was was certainly um, certainly benefited from having Drake involved. So if anything, it sets us apart. Yeah. So all right, man. I think that's great. All right. Mm. So, okay, everybody, thanks for listening. If you got any questions or any feedback, if you have any other kind of Drake points that you want to argue, because I know he's certainly polarizing, you can reach us at bayheightspod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us or kind of get us on Instagram at bayheightspod on both uh, social media. All right, By guys. By the way, 2013 yep. Ryan Viegas would be DMing 2020 Ryan Viegas and saying, you sold out, man. Drake is <laughs> Drake is trash. Drake is terrible. What are you talking about? So yes, please keep uh, send all the feedback our way. Thanks, guys. Great. Bye. See ya.